Jesus speaks of truth and freedom as spiritual realities known through his word. He reveals the truth that sets people free from sin. The Holy Gospel according to John, the eighth chapter. Jesus said to those who believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of our Lord. All right, so today is Reformation Sunday. Not really a surprise. I announced it last week. We've got some red going on, right? Um, and our, you know, gathering him was ye olde favorite, a mighty fortress is our God. When it comes to Reformation, we are familiar with the legend of Martin Luther nailing his 95 theses against the religious hierarchy of the day to the church door at Wittenberg on the 31st of October, 1517, thus starting the Protestant Reformation as it later became known. I've mentioned at some point to most, if not all of you, that the reality is a little less dramatic. Luther, who was a monk and a professor at the University of Wittenberg, sent a letter to Albert of Brandenburg on the 31st, uh, sorry, sent a letter to Albert of Brandenburg, Archbishop of Mainz, and enclosed the 95 Theses, formally titled Disputation on the Power and Efficacy of Indulgences for the Purposes of Academic and Religious Debate. And these 95 Theses advocated two central beliefs. First, that the Bible is the central religious authority, and second, that humans reach salvation only by their faith and not by their deeds. Or as we've pithily paraphrased it and um, Paul's uh, line in the letter to the Romans, we are justified by faith and not by works. So thanks to the latest and greatest in mass communication technology, the printing press, Luther's theses, his points for debate, became widely available to a variety of people. And as his own popularity grew, his other writings were also published in the local German language for those few who could read to read them aloud to their peers and discuss. Now beyond that, though, let's talk about Reformation then and now. And this is going to be participatory, so when it comes time, shout out answers. But let's start with some th other things that we know about the, the Reformation time, what was going on in the early to mid-1500s. We know there was a lot of war and violence, some hunger and poverty, famine, plague. There's a great and increasing wealth gap, uh, disconnections between labor and landowners. There were low rates of literacy. Um, Around the turn of that century, only about 7% of German men were literate. Um, so minimal education for the masses. 
and there is a lot of division around politics and religion. What else do we know or have been told was going on in the world and in the church during that time period? Oh, the indulgences, yep. So the Luther's 95 Theses were against the indulgences, which were basically like, pay this money and you or your loved one can spend less time in purgatory. Um, and Luther said, no, 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 that's, that, that's not right. Um, one of my seminary professors talked about the, the Reformation, the, those 95 Theses coming out of a crisis of pastoral care, um, where the church hierarchy was saying, pay us this money to have your sins forgiven or, you know, reduced in, you know, what you need to pay on. Um, and Luther said, but that's, that, that's not right at all. Jesus has already paid that price. So, yes, the indulgences. And you looked like you were trying to say something. Yeah, you. No, no. Oh, okay. Sorry, got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the priestly authority what priests were the authority yeah there was a lot of um enmeshment between the church and the um the politics the noblemen and the prin local princes yeah you could like buy your position in either from the other yeah nothing hinky about that Okay, good. Um, so thinking about that, what we know about that time period, what kind of things do you think were in need of a little bit of reforming, right, reorganizing, renovating, restructuring? What, what just needed an overhaul? Okay, the, well, the indulgence thing, that needed to be goodbye. What? Most of society needed some changing, yes, yes. And the Reformation wasn't just within the church, it was social um, and cultural as well. Things like the printing press, um, really fueled what Luther was saying. Luther, a lot of what he said, especially early on, those weren't new ideas. He just had the mass communication technology to get them out there to people. Um, so things like the printing press were really instrumental in just like um, societal reform. Um, for good or not so good, as um, the early 1500s was also um, some of that time of colonial expansion into North America. That was one of those reforms that maybe wasn't so great. I mean, we're all here because of it, but that's a whole other thing. Let's not get too off track. What else was, was in need of some changing? 
maybe um, getting people more involved in their own faith. Instead of just showing up to church, listening to the priest go on and on in Latin, which you don't even speak or understand, and then going home. One of Luther's things was to put faith, the, the language of our religions, into our everyday languages so that we could understand what was being said and why we were doing the stand-up, sit-down of our liturgy. And some of those things. Okay. Now, take a moment and think about the church and the world in your own lifetime. Over the last 40, 50 to 90 plus years, what have things been like? Okay, we've got, it's a lot of the same as what back then, and I didn't catch all of that though. Still lots of war and hate and lacking in faith. Is that the other thing you said? Okay. Big reduction in uh, how many people go to church. There's a big change in how many people come to church from when you were young. Yes. Um, I'm younger than all of you, and there's a big change in how many people go to church on Sunday morning from when I was a kid. What else is different? Oh, yes, women, women can be in the pulpit now. Oh, no. <laughs> that was a big problem for some people, and it's still not okay in a lot of churches. Yes. Okay. So there's a lot more individuation of of values instead of am I or am I just totally like making things up from what you said? I'm making things up. Okay. So say it again, please. Okay, so we do more thinking for ourselves than just being told what's right or wrong from other sources. We what? Ah, oh, more individual prayer instead of communal prayer. Okay. What are some other things that have changed? The dress code. Oh my gosh, yes. My mother would be appalled if she saw me right now. Yes. Yes. How many people grew up and you did not wear jeans to church? Right. And how many people are like, I'll totally wear jeans now. Like, that's dressing up. Yes. 
all right. So thinking about what has already changed and what like is changing, where do you see the need for reformation today? Or where do you see reformation renovating, overhauling, restructuring? Where do you see those things happening already today? Oh no, a church with a rock band. All right. And the minister comes out on a Harley. Um, yeah, that's not going to be me ever, so. No, it's too loud. Bless you. What? Right, right, right here. I'm a woman, you've noticed. That's a whole different thing for the minister to be. What is thumping over here? Okay. Anything else? What else needs to change? Do you? Ah, we're trying innovative worship services. Okay. Not necessarily something that needs to change, but something we're playing with. Is that right? Okay. Oh, yeah, this kind of sermon is a totally different thing for a lot of us, too. Yeah, talking back and forth instead of just, this is what I have declared. Amen. Oh, the service itself, even the liturgy has more back and forth. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all. There's going to be some more questions, but um, the Reformation, as we know and call it now, extended beyond Luther's own lifetime, and as we've already said, it extended beyond the church into society as well. So think about like a good century to century and a half is how long all of that turning took and how things like the Gutenberg printing press really impacted all of those things. Now think about how some people, like the late Phyllis Tickle, assert that we are already in the midst of our own socio and cultural and religious reformation, our own churning and turning. And she called that the great emergence. And by her assertion, something new is already happening, is already reforming church and society together and separate. So take a moment. Imagine the world and the church in another 100 to 150 years. What kind of things are you picturing? Oh, the question of will we even exist? 
Wow, that's a heavy one. I think the church will still exist. We just might not exist on Sunday morning in church pews like we do now. Hmm. So more internet is a possibility. I think we're going to, and you could be totally right. This is my picturing, kind of my desires. I would like to see us be more small groups gathering in worship, kind of like house church. Go, ba go back and do it first century style. Where do you see the church and or the world in need of reform today? How do you think or hope those reforms might happen? And thinking how something might happen can be different than how you hope they might happen. Okay. What? I heard somebody mumble say something. <laughs> Talk to me later. How do you see changes, the gifts of God for humanity, already breaking us open to or for what is here and what is to come? In the church and or in passing our faith to the next generations, what do you think is important for us to keep, for us to hold on to and pass down? And what do you think that we can maybe just say, well, this was good for this time, and now we're just, we're going to let it go. Okay. We need more respect for each other. Don't ever let that go. I would agree. Okay. How might we sh how might showing respect change though? <laughs> I won't be here. I don't know. That's not my problem. <laughs> Excellent answer. <laughs> okay. Think about these things. Talk about them at coffee hour. Talk about them when you go home with your kids. We exist on this side of the grave, on this side of our baptisms, for only a brief moment of eternity within various epochs of human history during which a million things may or may not happen. As we emerge from the water, we rise to new life, and we are called by the Spirit to go forth, to be Christ's presence, to be co-creators with the divine in reforming the world to realize the kingdom of heaven here and now. Thanks be to God. Amen.